welcome to As the Worm Turns. You are tuned in to KVNF's live call in gardening show. I'm your host, Jill Spears. I'm here with my favorite organic gardener. It's Lance Swaggart. Good evening, Lance. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> Great to have you here. And oh, the garden guy is on hand. <laughs> oh. Man, that was quick. Good one, Jilly Bean. Hey, the Jilly Bean. <laughs> The, the garden guy. <laughs> Great to have you here, Wind. Oh, thanks um, for inviting me in. It's so fun to talk gardening in February. Oh, man. It feels like things are like ramping up already. So. I already feel my schedule's full. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was actually stressing about it this morning. I'm trying not to. I'm like, oh, I got so much to do. But uh, yeah, you know, once we hit February, beginning of February, that's the middle of winter. And right. it's like all of a sudden it feels like it's accelerating yes. for those of us who are in tune with you know <laughs> yeah. the earth it's greening yeah. even it's amazing with it the is. warm days mm-hmm. i mean i was walking through the garden and those first little weeds are starting to green up and they uh, are yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go you yeah. can't you can't stop it yeah and we're going to talk about getting started and timing of some things and all kinds of fun stuff so we are live you can call and ask us a question or ask the garden guy and <laughs> the garden guru a question <laughs> we're going to arm wrestle over who gets to answer <laughs> oh that'll be fun <laughs> lance is going to win he always beats me <laughs> no, no, no more garlic trials <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have to come up with something different this year <laughs> yeah let's throw it down uh 527-4868-866 kvnf now and the email is worm at kvnf.org wind you always have propagating going on in your garden and seems that way yeah <laughs> <laughs> dude yeah. had a little lull there for a few months in the winter you know uh-huh. um but yeah back at it now and have been mm-hmm. for uh, about since pr- pretty much the first of the year getting seeds started and what's good to start right now middle of february well, when it comes to veggies, um, I'm going to be putting onions in this week in a flat to, to plant out. Um, I'll probably plant those out in first week of April or so. Um, also, peppers, mm-hmm. eggplants would be the things I'd start because they take a long time to sprout. Mm-hmm. And they're really slow growing at yeah. first. So I know it seems really odd, um, but it's definitely good to get those going now or they just aren't big enough by the time you're ready to mm-hmm. put them out yeah. are you keeping them inside do you have a greenhouse or i have you? several different places i have three different environments um mm-hmm. one is my solarium which is where i'm starting now because it's the warmest mm-hmm. um i also have a 12 month greenhouse so i'll move into that next week because it's just warm enough that i can get really hardy things to sprout in there and then i have another greenhouse that's more of just a season extender so as i continue to plant seeds into march and april um, i'll start i'll be moving things down there because the the temperature will be fine meanwhile i've got a, a bunch of things that are outside um, that need to be stratified for winter time so stratifying is is assimilating a winter time condition or giving the seeds a, a winter environment so that the embryos can mature um, it's a timing thing, something we could talk more about. Yeah. Timing, timing, <laughs> timing. I mean, to even have those different environments, you really have to understand what plants you want to have. Correct. And yeah. when you want to start them and, and what they need. Yeah. What that process is. Now, are you moving from one place to another? or are you I do. Yeah. I move things around in flats. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. 
So um, basically, I start the, the what I have now. Like I planted a bunch of things today. Um, they're in the window sill of my solarium in my house because it's the warmest place. And mm-hmm. these seeds are going to need temperature of about 75 degrees um, in order to keep for the soil temp in order to really sprout well and then not to get funky and dampen off. Um, but, you, you know, knowing which seeds will take a little bit of cold, too, is, is part of the trick. So there's certain things that you can actually start, like um, I start my oregano, my flax, things like that out actually in my 12, 12 month greenhouse because it does get cooler at night in there, but they'll take that. But during mm-hmm. the day, mm-hmm. it'll be 80 degrees in there. And I put a little dome over the top of each one of them. So it actually holds the heat in at night and, and they'll, they'll sprout just fine there. Mm-hmm. And when they get big enough to get out of the little cell trays, I move those to my season extender greenhouse because they're already hardy. And that's kind of a slow way of hardening them off into being outside plants ultimately. Sure. sure. So your little cell trays, is that what you're using when you say a flat? Oh, yeah, I do a flat, and I use mm-hmm. 72s, which is means there's 72 cells in the tray. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the size that works for me. Yeah, yeah. And what's your soil medium for that special um, mix? Can I plug peony soil? <laughs> you use peony soil. I do, mm-hmm. uh, but I use their Pro Mix, which is a sterile medium. It's just cocoa, sphagnum, and perlite. Okay. I use that just to get the seeds started. That's the starting mix. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I used not to, the growing mix. Not the growing right. mix. I used to use a potting soil, and I, I had a lot of dampening off, which mm-hmm. is when this very small seedlings would uh, rot right at the soil surface because there's too much uh, life going on. So you actually want a sterile mix, and the, the, the pro base works really good. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that a lot. But yeah. um, then I from the plug, then I bump them up into a, a three-inch pot, and then I bump those after one month. They'll fill that out, and then I put that into a one-gallon, and that's its home until it goes into the ground. And at what point do you change the soil? Um, when I go into the three-inch pot. They oh, go into potting soon. soil. Yep. Okay. Because that's when they're old enough that they're big enough that they can actually you know, deal with um, any type of uh, you know, fungus or anything that's on the su- surface. And, and part of that is also thinning those seedlings out a little bit so there's good airflow at the soil surface so there isn't a lot of opportunity for fungus to grow there because that's where they die. A lot of the seeds I start are like, I mean, they're, they're, they're like dust. They're mm-hmm. so small, and so the seedling itself is very, very small. So you could literally go in there one morning and be like, oh, everything looks great, and give it a little bit of water and come back in the afternoon, and they're all, they're all dead <laughs> because yeah. it's that fast. Big hardy stuff like mm-hmm. lupin, for example, has a big, tough, stout um, seedling, mm-hmm. and it's much less susceptible to that kind of dampening off. But when you're doing um, things in the mint family or like um, – I do a lot of uh, native wildflowers. Some of those seeds are so tiny. I mean, it's crazy. You think mm-hmm. that it's, it contains a whole plant. <laughs> right, I mean, right. Yeah. literally. So cool. yeah. yeah. I did some um, some harebells today, which is Campanula rotundifolia that grows up in the mountains here. And, um, I mean, it was like dust. Wow. It's crazy how tiny the seed. You have to take them in, like, pinch, little pinches and then sprinkle right. them on the surface. So how do you thin those? Well, that's tricky. You have to kind of get in there and you, uh, I mean, you try to sew them real thin, thin. Yeah, you right off really the bat, but sometimes case. you get them a little too dense and mm-hmm. then you have to get in there sometimes with tweezers, to be honest. I know that sounds mm-hmm. ridiculous, but well, get in that, there with tweezers and you pull a you, couple of them out. And Yeah. 
I've used and some of that stuff, uh, nail scissors. Yeah, exactly. Just, just real yeah. pointed, just yep. only a quarter inch long. Totally. Yeah. And just kind of pinch down at the mm-hmm. base. Yep. So you're not leaving anything on too high that would then, then rot and then yeah. bring and, in some. Another thing that if you pull at this stage, if you're pulling them out, you're messing the roots of the ones you're leaving. Yes, exactly. Oh, so, so yeah. you want to snip them off? You'd rather cut them off. Mm-hmm. Totally. Instead of pull. Yep. Okay, good, good hack there. <laughs> Definitely. So a lot of the perennial flowers um, need that cold time, and uh, I was it's it's interesting because I was I was actually listening to a podcast a couple weeks ago about this, and it's the seed actually produces uh, certain proteins which act as a a timer on the seed to kind of. Uh, I'll, uh, let the seed know when it's time to sprout. So a lot of these perennial plants create an embryo, which is the little tiny stem and cotyledons and the root all balled up inside of the seed. They create one that is not totally mature yet. And the reason is so that when the seeds drop in the fall, they don't sprout until they have this opportunity to go through a cold season because the plant knows that the seed will actually survive a lot better than a seedling will. So there's an intelligence in these seeds. And so they will, they'll actually wait and, and the embryo will be immature inside that seed until it goes through the, the vernalization or stratification period. And then when it warms up and the soil gets to the right temperature, the seed will then sprout if those proteins have registered that it has spent enough time. Some of them will need, I can, some things will sprout uh, after a 10-day stratification like lead plants. Um, some or lupins will sprout after a relatively short period, and some things will actually need to go for four months, like um, mm-hmm. silverberry or buffalo berry, um, jujubes, things like that. Will actually do a lot better if they have like a long period, which so that's pretty fascinating. I think it's extremely fascinating. There's a lot of intelligence going on there. I bet when you have a diversity of plants. <laughs> It's you have amazing. know a lot of stuff. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, that would be good company. Yeah, it's pretty cool because they all, and then they sprout at different periods too. Like, you know, I'll put um, perennial chamomile in and it'll be up in seven days. But then you'll sit there and wait for 30 days sometimes for some of these uh, perennials to sprout. Some of the penstemons, um, some of the other, like I've got cardinal flower that's kind of come up um, and some of the shrubs in particular. Um, fern bush I'm doing this year and some silverberry and some buffalo berry. Those will take um, a month of warm sea buckthorn. That'll take 30 to 45 days of after a 90-day stratification of warm period <laughs> to actually sprout. So there's a lot of patience in the process. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Whereas with your onions, you put those in now, and within two weeks, you should be having your onion sprouts, and they're yeah. going to grow pretty quickly. And so that's a really good place to start for people who want to start right now. Right. Is Some get of those the onions going. More straightforward plants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm yeah. curious with Lance, because I know you grow onions. Do you just direct seed yours? I direct, direct seed my onions. Yeah. First week, of April. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. That's, but I don't get big onions. You don't. He doesn't get. I was gonna say. I was gonna ask you. So yeah. we're gonna do an uh, a, an <laughs> onion throwdown <laughs> okay. ne- this next year because okay. I I need to save face on the onions. garlic. <laughs> I got shamed oh, on the garlic. Okay. Because <laughs> I have big onions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Onions it is. <laughs> but I'm eating onions year round. Yes. Yeah. 
Me too. My storage onions, I still eat into July. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and your onions are delicious. I'm still working onions from last year too, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. I did the Rosa de Milano's and um, what else did I do? I said Walla Walla's. Um, I think that's all I did last year. Um, Cortland maybe. Mm -hmm. I've Um, heard of them. Yeah. So I'll be starting those this week in flats. And I don't do those in the cells. I just fill a tray, the same tray, with soil. And then I just do rows of onions there. And then come April, oh, it's kind of pending weather at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the ground's mm-hmm. too sloppy. You don't want to put them in. But the onions will take it uh, outside at kind of any temperature, really. They don't mind. As a matter of fact, they're perennials. So they'll overwinter here. Mine will stay in the ground. And if they don't turn to mush, which sometimes they do, they'll flower. Uh-huh. You know, the ones yeah. you miss. Yeah. The, um, when Frank Stoniker was on here a few years back, yeah. and he mentioned that if an onion is pencil thickness or smaller and they get 27 degrees, they'll go directly to seed. Yeah. So they, you want them a little bit bigger. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, that well, was just... There's that intelligence again. Yeah. You know, right. just the exact temperature... Um, mm-hmm. releasing some sort of compound or chemical or something to yeah. to change the plant up. 527-486-8866, KVNF Now, Worm, and KVNF.org. When, when you're talking stratifying, is that all cold stratifying, or is there two? Well, there's different things that you do. Um, for most of it, it's cold. Um, and the way I do it is I plant the tray itself. I plant the flat, and then I leave them outside. That's one way to do it. I allow them just to experience a winter time. Um, you know, it was 15 degrees this morning at my place, and then, but it was 50 degrees. So they get that cold, but they also get a thawing. They have to be wet also. So you have to keep them moist or it won't activate the seed. Um, you can also put them in the refrigerator. Some people put them in little plastic bags in a wet paper towel mm. and leave the seeds in there and then take them out and then plant them when after they've had the number of days that they need to stratify. Um, and then there's also, you can plant them directly in the seed bed outside. And, uh, that's the most natural way. That's mm-hmm. what nature would do is just drop right. the seeds on the ground. Right. And then it's a wet winter like we've had, and then they stay wet. Um, there's also scarifying, which is, yeah. that's where the seed needs to experience, um, an experience like it went through the belly of an animal basically. So the seed coat is really thick. So, and that protects the seed when it goes through like a bird's stomach, so you can either expose that seed to a type of acid, which I use sulfuric, um, a very mild sulfuric acid, and soak those seeds in there. And sometimes it's only 30 minutes. Sometimes it's a couple hours, depending on how thick the seed coat. Or you can take a file or sandpaper and scratch that coat. Um, a lot of the uh, perennials and shrubs and trees in the legume family need that. Um, not peas and beans, interestingly no. enough. But, um, you know, astragalus, um, robinia, um, carragana, um, the Siberian pea shrub, um, and let's see, uh, licorice, I have to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some native uh, loco weed is, is in that family. That's a native perennial. Can I back up just so people Please, know? Sorry, I'm talking too much, aren't I? <laughs> no. See, you're doing great. Right the guru is reining me in. <laughs> um, licorice, you might think of the licorice that's in the grocery store. There's actually a native licorice here that's yeah. in a legume, and that's the one Wind is talking about. Well, I actually have three, I have three different varieties okay, in my garden. Okay, but describe the plant. 
for that? Um, well, the Lepidota is the native one here, mm-hmm. and that's Glycorrhiza Lepidota, and it is low-growing, and it gets a purple flower on it. Yeah. And uh, you see that blooming in the desert here. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, you can harvest that. Um, the one that I have, the medicinal one, is uh, Lycorrhiza glabra, which actually in my garden, it grew to like almost eight feet tall mm-hmm. last year. It's the taller it's one. It's incredible, and it makes like these pencil-thin... Um, uh, rhizominous roots that you harvest and you chew on them and it has mm. like a sugar to it mm-hmm. it's a, a great medicinal d- plant yeah that's a little burr do they all have that little burr on them uh nope these don't have a burr these have more like a pea pod on them okay the seed it's a uh, very small it's about maybe an inch and a half long and it mm-hmm. contains about five or six seeds mm-hmm. um and so you have to take the seed it's tricky actually because you got to break that little pod up it's really tight and you have to break up the pod and get the seeds out, and then you scratch those seeds on a file or sandpaper. And then you, I usually pour hot water over them as well. That's another way to kind of loosen up that seed coat. That's Take what you're doing. Boiling water and pour it over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the the robinia, which is the uh, the um, uh, New Mexico locust. You actually want to take boiling water and pour that over it and then leave it in 130 degree water for 24 hours and then plant those seeds. <laughs> oh my I know, gosh. right? I know. Wow. I know. It's like a whole it's a laboratory. It, it totally <laughs> is. I mean, and so carragana, which is a Siberian pea shrub. Now that one's an interesting one. You probably mm-hmm. have these. Mm-hmm. They twist and shoot their seeds out. All yeah, the they seeds. shatter. So Ooh. yeah, so they're like mm-hmm. black beans, which I gr- I've mm-hmm. grown turtle beans too. They do the same thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have to collect those right before they shatter, but not mm. too soon because they won't be done yet, you know. Yeah. So it's a fine line. Right. There is another way to do it. Put a sheet down. Sheet down. That's yeah. Our tarp. Yeah. I put. Yeah. Par- I, that's what I do with my black beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they shoot everywhere. It's so cool. You yeah. Know? That's kind of fun. Well, you're walking around the garden. They're in my hedge grove, and you hear this pop. Yeah. Pop. Yeah. You know, it's the launching them all over the place. Yeah. It's so oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. I like and that. the birds love them, of course. Right. You know, the plant mm-hmm. knows that. Right. Um, so there's plant knows that. There's those. There's scarifying, then they're stratifying, and then there's some some seeds that have to have light in order to germinate. Um, Echinacea is one of those. A lot of your perennial seeds need light, um, especially. Lettuce. Lettuce, yep. And so what really does that small. mean? You don't... You sow them on the surface. Okay. And that's tricky mm-hmm. because you have to keep it moist. Right. Um, you know, it's easy when you can put like an eighth of an inch of soil or, you know, a sterile medium on top and it keeps it moist. But with like the Campanula, what else did I do? The yellow monkey flower I did today too. That's like dust. That's mm-hmm. another native um, wildflower here. And that is really, really fine. And um, that has to have light. And then there's some plants like uh, delphiniums that do best if they're in the dark. They don't oh. want light to germinate. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of little things, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Read up on it. I yeah, it's, it's a study. Yeah. Propagating seeds is a complete study um, on its own. Oh, if you see wind on the street, ask them. Oh, yeah, please stop me <laughs> right in the middle of whatever I'm doing and make sure you nail me with at least one or two questions. I love that. Perfect. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Or you can email me at gardenguy at highcountryshopper.com and I'll I'll answer your question. All right. Thank you for that. Maybe someone can call you and put you right on the spot now. Right here, right now. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Do it. I don't know. I'm making all this stuff up. I hope not. <laughs> Just kidding. 527-4868-866. KVNF now. Um, how about propagating wood? And right now we're in mm-hmm. propagating hardwood season that's correct yeah so propagating right now um it's a little bit late uh we were talking about this before we went on the air but but you could still get away with some 
hardwood propagation on mm -hmm. willows. Um, I do elderberries like that. Um, cottonwood, so trees. Um, there's well, we're saying propagating, but it's really cuttings. It's rooting, cuttings. Rooting cuttings. Correct. Okay. It's a type of propagation. Yes. But mm -hmm. yeah, so when you're doing cuttings, this time of year is hardwood, obviously, because that's all is available. Mm -hmm. um, but then there's uh, there's the softwood cuttings and semi hardwood cuttings. And the softwood cuttings would be more in, uh, you do that with like lavender. Um, so it's like the new growth that's just come out. And you can, and also rosemary is another one I do softwood cuttings on. So it's the freshest, greenest cut growth that, as a matter of fact, my, my rosemary will be ready. It's about to flower and it's in the, it's in the oh, greenhouse. Really? Yep. Mm -hmm. It's full of buds right now. And uh, so in about, about a month, I'll be taking cuttings on that. And so that roots pretty well because that actually has a um, has the uh, the hormone in the stem itself already um, for rosemary, so they root pretty pretty easily. Um, willows are the same way; they have a rooting hormone in them, um, butyric acid, and that is actually what stimulates the the um, the root growth. So if you think about it, I know this might be getting a little too technical, but um, you get into that that little node spot where branches come out mm -hmm. that's actually like a stem cell in there like what you would call stem cell in an animal that cell has the ability to differentiate into any kind of cell of the plant so when you get your root your cuttings you actually that's where you see the roots come out of is right out of that little spot where a branch would come out sure. yeah mm. the, interesting the node it's called mm -hmm. yeah mm-hmm so. And Pretty just cool depending on the plant, when you cut it, well, when you cut it, whether it's hardwood, softwood, or semi-hardwood, mm -hmm. is going to be dependent on the plant and what. Correct. Some mm -hmm. plants do better with hardwood. Some do harder. Soft. I mean, I can get elderberries to root anytime. You know. Oh. Um, okay. They actually propagate best from cuttings, but softwood cuttings, uh, semi-hardwoods do do really well. Some things do better um, with softwood cuttings, but mostly it's going to be like your subshrub type of stuff, like rosemary or lavender. Mm -hmm. um, most of your shrub type of things are going to do better with a semi-hardwood cutting, which is something you would take in like July. But it's not even about the cut you'd make. It's about the environment you put that cutting in then later. It has to be humid. has to be misted on the regular. And you have to put it in a sterile medium that's basically like perlite almost straight mm -hmm. perlite mm -hmm. wow yeah because you want to have a lot of airflow around that um cut as well and sometimes the cocoa and the sphagnum will pack down too much and there won't be enough airflow mm -hmm. and they'll rot mm -hmm. so it's root or rot is what it comes down to when it's cuttings mm -hmm. right and some things you only get 20 percent on some things you get 100 percent. yeah you know it's yeah so i'm thinking that those going to those nodes do you want one in the ground, or do you want two? It's nice if you can do two. Okay. Yeah. And then a couple above ground. Exactly. Okay. And and with the hardwood cuttings, you can do like a 12-inch cutting on that, and then mm -hmm. you just want to kind of open up those nodes a little bit with a razor blade. I use a really sharp razor, and I kind of open them up a little bit, and you don't want to cut the whole node away because you'll get rid of all that Yeah. Not I'm stem cells. but you So you want to just kind of slice it a little bit mm -hmm. to expose it. 
So that's where, and then I dip it in butyric acid actually. So you want to put that in there because mm-hmm. that's the rooting hormone, which you can get at any grocery store. Yeah. A rooting hormone. The rooting hormone. Now we've talked before about making that willow tea mm-hmm. to, as a, yeah. to help start getting um, plants going. I yeah. think it was trees specifically. Uh-huh. So is that the hormone that that willow tea is, is pulling out? Or I think it might be. Yeah, yeah I think it's what's in willow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, that's... And can that be applied to what plants? The willow tea? Mm-hmm. Anything. Anything. When, Anything. Yeah, you, you can actually use that willow tea, and you can add a little bit of B vitamin, too, if you want. Um, that actually helps stimulate root growth, too. And uh, mix that together, and you can water. Because... When you're when you're doing cuttings, you kind of have to water them too. It can take yeah. two months for some of these plants to actually root, and you have mm-hmm. to keep them alive during that time, which is tricky because you're wow, doing it yeah. in July when it's the warmest <laughs> time of year. So yeah, it's that a, is tricky. It's a balance between giving them just enough water. It's Ooh. starting seeds. To be honest, is way easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you've got all these places where you're moving them and then you've got all these watering requirements that yeah. are all different. Yeah. It's a full-time I mean, job. It is. <laughs> thinking all the time. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. thing about cuttings or these plants is you know it's growing here already. Yeah. Right. It's already it's adapted. Be... And exactly. You, and you know that it's going to make it if you can get it rooted. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're right. selecting out for the hardy mm. stuff. Yeah. And right. you find one that maybe you're finding this shrub that you're like, wow, that has really cool flowers on it that I haven't mm-hmm. seen that shade of flower. Yeah. You take a cutting from that one, you have the exact DNA from that plant, and it'll propagate. It's it's like a fruit tree, Yeah, basically, where you have the same ge- ge- genes, the same genetics in every yeah. gala apple. Yeah, I like that. It's like the seed saving. Everything is acclimated. Toward- a- a- acclimated. Mm-hmm. My, when I was first gardening and Southern California, San Clemente to be exact, and I had one buddy and I, and we'd just walk around town, and we'd see something, and we'd take yeah. a cutting. Yeah, I do that all the time, or collect some seeds. <laughs> I like that all the time. What's inside your jacket? I, it's always in my pockets. I literally have pockets full of seeds all summer long. I'm just like walking around, like, and sometimes I'm like, oh, what was that? Because I'm I'm not the best labeler, but <laughs> like, oh, whatever. One little thing I did want to mention though, because we did talk about veggie starts, and I know a lot of people do that. I mean, all this yeah. perennial stuff is super fun, but it's a lot, and probably not a lot of people are going to tackle that. But tomatoes mm. and um, cabbage, broccoli family, mm-hmm. that would be about a month out as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I mean, you could start your broccoli in about two weeks inside and plant it out first of April if you wanted to. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of people are I'm, – I'm moving more towards fall brassica cultivation mm-hmm. because the heat of the summer – they just don't dig. Right. But tomatoes, if you started tomatoes now, they would be so enormously gangly and out of control and flowering and making fruits before you could even put them in the ground. So you want to make sure you wait on those um, no sooner than March 15th, I would say, to even start your tomato plants inside. Okay. Um, and there's, That's... I mean, even April 1st is fine, really, right. because it's going to still give them good solid six weeks. And tomatoes, unlike peppers and eggplants, Grow like gangbusters yeah. from the get go. Right, right. They love to grow. They're already sprouting in my my twelve month greenhouse. Oh no I mean, kidding! Oh god, they're uh-huh. obnoxious. <laughs> what weeds are you seeing, Lance? What yeah. what weeds? Yeah. Okay, um, of course, cheatgrass. Yeah, of course. Bur bur buttercup. Bur oh, I see no. a bunch of that. Um, red filigree, mm-hmm. storksbill, mm-hmm. um, Russian thistle, which is oh. tumbleweed. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else. Alyssum, 
which is also called peppergrass, mm-hmm. and um, mallow. Yeah, all over the place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and if you think about it, there's more. Um, yeah, I'm seeing just a little white top of that starting to sprout, wow. too. Just a little tiny bit. Yep. Right. In warm spots, like around mm-hmm. rock yeah. piles and things. Yeah. Yes. Small Sometimes, microclimates. Yeah. Small microclimates all yeah. over the place. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the, and that's a good indicator. The soil is actually moist and warming. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. It's exciting. It be we'll be gardening soon. Yeah. And speaking of gardening up there at the Research uh, Center, Rogers Mesa, on Thursday from 9 to 1230 that is the 15th of February, they are having a workshop on um, how to help implement goals and record what happens um, all about fruit trees. And this is for vegetable and fruit producers nice. on Thursday. What a great resource that is. Oh, so great. Yeah, mm-hmm. they really got their, their act together up there. And then Lance, um, the seed swap's going on here in Paonia on March 10th. March 10th. Yeah. Which is a Sunday um, here in downtown Paonia. So mark your calendar for that. It's at the Hearth, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And um, and I know a lot of people have seen Lance's video on YouTube and have asked about um, being able to visit his garden. Well, you're having a compost class up there at the end of May. End of May, yeah. Okay, May 23rd. Fun. Which is a Thursday. I'm going to go to that. So that'll be fun, too. And I um, wanted to also let you know, um, exciting news, As the Worm Turns is going to be moving from Tuesday nights to Wednesday nights. Whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> yes. Starting on March 1st, which is really exciting. March um, 6th will be the first show. March 6th. Oh, yeah. Okay. First Wednesday night. And we'll also be starting um, an hour on March 6th. And we'll be going all season for an hour on Wednesday. So yeah. that'll give us an opportunity to head out to the Arbol Farm Market. Mm-hmm. And for everybody to enjoy that and enjoy the show. So thanks to KBNF for making that happen for wow. us. Wind, great to have you here tonight. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. I hope I didn't talk too much. <laughs> Always. <laughs> thanks, the jelly bean. Yeah. Okay, garden guy. <laughs> Lance, we'll see you next week. And thanks, everybody, for listening to As the Worm Turns on KBNF. Happy gardening. All right. Have a good evening. I gotta get that I love so Don't let the wind blow me